0: increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their
1: insights. This is STRonomics. The podcast is brought to you by MarketMySTR, the ultimate all-in-one marketing platform for short-term rental hosts. Are you tired of juggling multiple marketing tools? Say goodbye to the hassle and make your life as a host a breeze with MarketMySTR. Boost your booking rates and increase your revenue in no time with our powerful features. Our platform streamlines your marketing efforts so you can focus on what you do best, providing unforgettable guest experiences. Whether you're a newcomer or a seasoned host, MarketMySTR has got you covered. Elevate your short-term rental business with Mark and my STR. Hey
0: everybody, welcome back to STRnomics. I'm Bill Faith joined by Kenny Bedwell from STR Insights. Kenny, let's talk about, I get this probably more than most because of the super property stuff you know mm. that I do and everybody thinks that I just like big properties, but I am definitively not anti-small property. So today we're gonna talk about, is it better to invest in small properties or large properties? I'll let you lead off. Oh man. Okay. So no, I'm uh, just no, no, no I, I got it.
2: I got it. Don't, don't, no, 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 I was just going to say, oh man, because I'm going to give like the, you know, the classic Kenny answer of, well, it depends, but I mean, there are so. It does many- depend. It, it does. It really does. It depends so- on
0: you, a listener.
2: Yeah. Per- okay. So the first thing, when I have this conversation with people, because typically it goes, is it better to invest in a $500,000 property or a million dollar property? is the one I get, which is pretty much along the same lines of smaller or larger. And I always ask them first, what are your goals? Like, what are you trying to get in terms of a return from the money you're going to put into this particular property? So if they have a set amount- I just want to
0: make money, Kenny. I'm I'm looking, you know, I want to have eight units and I'm looking to make money. I'm looking, I hate,
2: hate, hate when people say I'm looking to make money because that's not a good thing. So I'm going
0: to interrupt Kenny for a second. The problem (laughs) for all of you guys that fall into that category, you haven't defined your goals. You haven't defined your outcome. You haven't built your life plan. You have to do that first. If you do that first, then you will have more clarity of why you're doing this. And nobody should be getting into real estate investing based on the number of units. What's the outcome of a number of units? If you get eight units and one, I don't invest into units. I invest into real estate. That's just a pet peeve of mine, right? But if if Kenny buys eight pieces of property, you don't invest in there's a reason behind that, right? What what are you getting out of that? Money. Isn't that why you're doing it? Now are you buying for appreciation? Are you buying for the tax benefit? Are you buying for cash flow? That's all gonna tie into your plan, your investing strategy. If you don't document this and build it out, you don't have a strategy. Kenny mentioned the accelerator, the super team accelerator on the last podcast. I'm going to mention it now. There's a reason that you have to go through my life plan training first before you even go to Kenny and talk about the best market to invest into, or go to Jeff on how to set up your entities, or go to John on how to become bankable, or talk to me or Chris about marketing or Avery about, you know, an agent. It starts with the why you are really doing this, not the number of units that you want. Right. And when it
2: and it... So if you have a why, then you need to get a number. That's the thing. Like when people say like, I want to make money, like this is why I'm doing it. And I say, that's not enough because we need to know what you're trying to accomplish. So each property should be helping you try to accomplish some sort of outcome of a like a money figure. Even if you think like down the road, you, you can do a lot more than this. We still need to have kind of like this end result. So like, a lot of people come to me, Kenny, I want to make $10,000 a month for my short term rental property or $20,000 a month. I love answers like that because then I can say, great, if you get a property like this, this is how much you should expect to be getting from this property. And this is how it's going to help you get to this $10,000 goal. You're going to need at least two or three more properties of a similar size if you're going to hit that. However, if we go a little bit larger, okay, take on a little bit more risk, we can increase the cash flow and hit that goal a little bit sooner. And so it makes a little more sense for some people, but for other people who maybe don't have the funds, it it might just be better to get the smaller property and to get the cash on cash return, the snowball effect is what I like to call it to grow, to be able to afford the bigger properties. I'm kind of in this camp. This is where I'm, I'm transitioning from, you know what, when I got started, it was like, you know, a, a cheap duplex in downtown Buffalo. And then I graduated to, you know, some more properties in, in Niagara Falls and around the area. Then I went to Watkins Glen, much bigger properties. And the cash flow starts increasing, but the property price also increases as well as I like get an experience. And so I'm less concerned about cash on cash and more focused on cash flow because I'm more focused on the in revenue goal than just kind of growing and exploding a portfolio of properties, which I see uh, a lot of, uh, Gurus trying to promote these days. So
0: <laughs> anybody that anybody that talks about the number of units or properties, in my opinion, is just they're trying to sell you a vanity metric that is so not relevant. Right. So there's two things that that there's two expenses. There's capital, financial capital, money, and there's time capital that goes yeah. into this. And you know, Kenny, your Watkins Glen's like what is it seven seven rooms? I think right? Is it seven? Yeah. Seven bedrooms. You paid under four hundred thousand for it, mm-hmm. right? You're you're doing right around I think a hundred grand a year or the first year, roughly. You know, so that's a tremendous investment that will get Kenny a very very high cash on cash return. But if he does a hundred grand in revenue. And he's got, you know, 50% in total expenses. If you don't know how to calculate your expenses, go back to the last podcast that we just did as we talked about the underwriting process. Kenny's making 50 grand. You know, I started in in a very, very similar boat, but I've escalated to a point to where I have properties that, that are yielding three times, four times the amount of cash that Kenny's property is doing at this point. There's more risk associated with that. There's more capital associated with that. But I will argue there is on comparing apples to apples, no more time invested to that. So those are the two things that I think you really, really need to understand the difference between smaller properties and larger properties. And in my opinion, the lower that our ADR is, the lower our nightly rate is the more problems that come with that. So Mm -hmm. as I've ascended from, you know, the $250, $300 a night range, when I first started this in 2015, to where now my ADR is just under eleven hundred a night, portfolio wide. It's like a thousand eighty-seven bucks a night. And sure, I've got plenty of properties I'm charging like four hundred a night right now. But when I can get those up to two thousand, that helps a lot. The problems with those guests are, are few and far between. I don't have you know major horror stories of you know problem guests. And I and I have them. We all do, Kenny. Right? It, it, you can't just uh, eliminate those bad guests. But my point is here is in my opinion, it takes the same amount of time for a hundred dollar a night, ADR as it does a thousand dollar a night ADR. And I think everybody that's been in both sides could argue. it actually takes more time on the smaller one. I a thousand percent agree. I, I am experiencing
2: that. I have the seven bedroom and I have a one bedroom. I have a one bedroom unit. I'll call it a unit. Cause that's what it is. And it's, it's. That is a unit. That is a unit. An yeah. economy or one
0: bedroom's a unit. Let's yeah, just call let it what it is.
2: But I tell you what, that sucker can be annoying. It has an amazing ca- It has a better cash on cash return than uh, my Watkins Glen property. <clears throat> but it, it doesn't touch cash flow like Watkins Glen does. And I have to spend more time on it. And that's been the problem for me is, is looking at this one bedroom and going, man, the returns are really good, but... You know, is it really worth, you know, all that that, the headache, the number it's called the larger, you know uh, the law of large numbers, meaning I have a ton more people coming in and out of that property on, you know, like, even though it can only host two people, two people can stay there, but there's so many, like my occupancy, average occupancy in that place is so much higher. It's like 80% on average for the year in Buffalo, New York, when it freaking snows six feet at random times. Of the year, and so eighty percent, which is really really high occupancy. So there's, I I don't, I probably had, I've had that thing for almost four years. No, four years now. I've had it for over four years now, and it is literally probably had. I was doing the math the other day. Like probably close to two thousand people have stayed there, which is kind of scary to think about. And I'm like, but that's in and out. That's a that's a a sets of two. (laughs) Right. So it's so many people. There's a lot more wear and tear. And I've had so many more like, not necessarily issues per se, but just like, you know, like like higher, there's a higher probability of an issue happening at that place. You know, a guest had like, just whatever, you know, like, oh, supplies or this or that. It just, there's a lot more that can go wrong because there's a lot more people coming through there. People could be pickier. You're gonna have a higher chance of that. There's just a lot of different things going on that. And it's harder to... You know, even I have to be very aggressive and providing that five star stay because I don't know what type of person I'm going to get in there all the time because I'll get three to four different types of people on a, you know, at least once or maybe even, you know, every other week. So it's really a lot of effort and energy, a lot more effort and energy, honestly, into the smaller units than just the, uh, the larger ones. So. Yeah,
0: I, I think that what I want everybody to understand is that you, you have to start where your cash and your finances dictates. And for most people that are just getting in, unless you're just independently wealthy and you're getting in for the first time, you know, potentially later in life or whatever it is, you know, most of us are going to have to start out small. You know, I mean, unless we just, unless we're from, you know, the golden spoon or the hedge fund world where we can just buy whatever the hell we want, you know, we're all yeah. going to start small. And. There's nothing wrong with that. But what becomes really important, once again, I'm going to go back to that life plan, is that if you're buying a $300,000 property and you're doing a 10% down and you're putting 35 down to close, you know, and you have another 50K, you know, have that plan, start strategizing, you know, that second unit, that second property. If you have money, I would stay away from the smaller, smaller properties unless you can get a quadplex or greater to where you can actually transact that in the future based off of a multiple as opposed to a standard like single family home or a, a condo transaction and that's typically what you're going to need is a quadplex four units or larger to be able to get that type of a multiple so i'm not anti smaller properties it just doesn't fit into my investing strategy where i'm out of my journey today i actually like multi-family because of that multiple because of the exit because of the ability to arv and reposition easier even, even than, a, than a single family home. But I, I think that a lot of people, there's a lot of talk, Kenny, about, obviously we've seen it over the summer and into the fall about super properties, this and super mm-hmm. properties, that since I introduced the term, I don't want people to think that's the only path by any means. If you have 30 or 50 grand or hundred grand, start with what you can afford. The most important thing, and I know this gets a little bit off topic, is just don't over-invest to put your personal future you know, in jeopardy. Be prudent in the underwriting process. We just talked about that in the last podcast. And there's just nothing wrong. You can, we, I don't really know many people, Kenny, outside of the client that I'm buying properties for right now that started in the million dollar plus range, unless they're just super rich, right? Almost everybody's starting in that hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollar price range. Look at Evan, you know, from the accelerator and the mastermind. Holy smokes. Guy hasn't bought a property over like 400 grand. He's got, I think, three now and he's changed his life by buying you know, like 250 to 350,000 dollar properties but he's made three really good decisions right because he's learned how to underwrite properties he's learned how to identify the markets he's been in the mastermind he's been through our accelerator you know he's learning and he's 3 for 3 he's batting a thousand at this point that doesn't happen to most of us
2: yeah i and yeah it's true I, he, he's he's crushing it and for me, um, I'll say this too about the, you know, the one-bedroom unit that I have. Like that was one of my first units, and because of that unit, I was able to buy other properties, and um, I was able to invest in other, yeah, invest and in, and even, even go bill into your, get into your mastermind. I mean, that those were the unit, that, those were those first units were paying my initial membership into your mastermind and other courses and things that helped me progress and, and get to the next level of where I am today. And so I have a lot of people that come to me and say, Kenny, maybe I should just wait and save up, you know, save, save, save until I can get a bigger property. And I'm like, why you're not there yet you don't have to be there you don't have to do that you can find stuff and and have it work for you and level up as you go because i'm a testament of that myself i've personally done that i started with small properties and then i'm working on bigger properties now so and i'm in that progress i'm not i'm not at the million dollar range yet either so i mean looking forward to that day but right now i mean it's just about you. you have to start somewhere and i and it's very much okay to start small um i just helped a girl first property um you know she she's a nurse and she's got this goal of you know leaving the medical profession all she could afford she was pre-approved for like up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. i made sure she had enough cash and we found a property that's got a great cash on cash return makes sense in a good area it's like within four hours drive of her at 250k and i mean she yeah she's it's right in time for ski season and everything and so definitely doable. Gotta start somewhere. Uh, Gotta start, you know, gotta get in the game. (laughs) So I I mean, don't rush into it. Don't force something that isn't there. A lot of people do that. So don't don't stop listening to this episode and go buy something that's super cheap. And Kenny and Bill told me to do it. Don't do that, please. Uh, Make sure it makes sense and listen to the underwriting episode if you haven't. But really, it's okay to start small.
0: 100%. I think you can still find good properties under 300 grand. That'll give you 20% cash on cash. They're, they're not going to be at the beach and they're not going to be, and they're not going to be skiing, ski out properties at ski resorts either, but you can find the stuff. I mean, shit, I am seeing those here and, you know, Nashville has been one of the best markets in the SDR space for over a decade. You can't do it in Nashville, like in the city of Nashville, but the surrounding area, like South of where I live, Kenny, you know, in Spring Hill and Thompson station, you know, there's 300, $350,000 properties that, you know, are investable. You can find, you can find them in places like snowshoe, West Virginia. You can find them in in Kansas City, Missouri. You can find them in some of these outlying areas that people are not talking about, you know, in social media. Um, so you just got to do your due diligence. You got to look hard. You got to look at a lot of places, narrow it down, you know, and start within your means. I think that's really the moral of the story that Kenny and I are trying to share with you guys. Don't try to start too big when you can't afford it and put your financial future at risk. Don't follow, you know, just all the super property stuff and think that you have to start big. Uh, start where you're comfortable with and just make sure you make the right purchase for the first one the first number one and number two are the hardest right and it's not just because we don't know what we don't know it's the fact that most people are deploying almost all of their capital into the very first property i know i did when i first started i'm sure you did and if it doesn't work out that can set you back years to like if you lose money on your first property even if it's 5 or 10,000 bucks. It could take you all a year, two years to be able to build that back up to get to property number 2. You're kind of almost not really in that safe zone in my opinion until you get to number 3. Cash flow positive number 1, cash flow positive number 2, then 3 forwards easy. It's like cake after you get to that point.
2: Yeah. I I agree with that. <laughs> so.
0: so be conservative, manage your expenses, start small, work your way up to those super properties. And just make sure that you're looking at your finances behind it as well. Anything uh, to add before we wrap up?
2: Yeah, I I do want to add this though, because I'm I'm thinking of a person who might listen to this and go, I want to buy a small property now. And in reality, like they already had a small property and it's worked out. You should level up. Like in in my opinion, you need, your time is worth something. And a lot of people go, well, I don't want to take on a lot of risk. They might already have a property right now. Maybe I'm thinking of a person who owns a condo. And they did really well, but they're nervous about buying a home because they don't know what it's like to own a short-term rental home. And they're like, look, I'm selling a condo for $450,000 they own outright. And they're thinking about, you know, potentially keeping it small. And I'm over here like, let's level up. Let's let's get something bigger and cash flow a little more than what you were doing with that condo and reap kind of more of the reward. And they can afford to do that. And they're in the place to do that. And so if you're
0: selling a $450,000 condo, that's going to create $450,000 in cash. You can go buy $2 million properties. Yeah, exactly.
2: Like you can, you can, you can do some stuff with that. (laughs) So I'm not saying go buy $2 million properties, but you know, like level up because you'll see the returns from the appreciation side, the tax side starts to multiply, especially as you get into the, the higher, higher purchase price ranges.
0: Agreed. Least amount of properties, highest amount of cash flow. That should be the goal love it put it in your life plan long term start with the basics lock it lock it in baby thanks for Locking joining us in. on Anomics, everybody we'll see you guys on the next episode happy hosting thank you for listening to Anomics. stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today